Jackson live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Living Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, welcome in here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau down at Tavoli's House of Cards and back already from the... NFL Combine in Indianapolis just came back uh, this morning, actually. So made it in time for the Bully's House of Cards in our uh, weekly trip out here. Maybe we have a little pack battle. I think Austin's supposed to make his way here, but uh, he might have put a typo into his map. We have Brian Middleton in today. And Middleton, are you catching this? What's going on on the text chain right now? We've got uh, an interesting scenario going on. No. Uh, he says, yeah, but. He, he shows me a location of where he's at, and he is at 1515 County Dock Road. Now, that looks like it's in Mandarin somewhere, kind of near Loretto Road, all right? Uh-huh. So what I'm thinking is, when I texted Austin 1515 County Road 210, it somehow showed up as County Dock, which means if he typed it in, he probably... Uh, he's telling me, actually, that he clicked on the link and it sent him there. I don't know, oh, that's man. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, it does do that. That's crazy. Wow. Why does it do that? That's not good. Is that Google Maps? That's on, what do I have? Google Maps, yeah. Oh, man. That's a disaster. It actually, yeah, all he did was click on it and it took him out there. But it puts it changes the address. Changes from County Road to County Dock. Unbelievable, Brian. Uh, so yeah, anyway. so how far is he then? Well, I don't know what he's going to do now. Um, let's see. I'll tell, <laughs> uh, I'll tell him to try to get here. It's not going to make a difference either way. Yeah. If uh, He's probably listening, so try to get here either way. By the time you get back to the studio or here, it's going to be about the same time. There you go. So we'll see where he ends up. He could end up with you. He could end up with me. Uh, maybe it depends on his level of um, anger right now, <laughs> too. Like I don't know. Well, well I would be mad. Uh, it happens. But I, I don't. That's a that's that's a, a malfunction of Google Maps. Be careful, people. If you're trying to go um, to County Road 210. Yeah, I mean, I don't. That, that's a bizarre thing. That that I basically just copied and pasted the address that I got, and it it linked to a different address. I don't know how common that is. I'm terrible at directions anyway, so me getting lost or being late is obviously nothing new. But uh, I didn't see that one coming here on a uh, Wednesday. So we're down to Volley's House of Cards. By the way, <laughs> Volley's House of Cards, if you uh, want to know, is 1515 County Road, 210 West. So basically right off 95. Um, if you're coming down 95 South and exit 329, take a left and uh, just the opposite, obviously, if you're coming from the south and coming up the north side, so uh, toward the north. But uh, right off 95, basically, is where Volley's House of Cards is. And uh, that's where we are until 6 p.m. What we like to do, and we're, this is somewhat of a new thing, but we're going to do this quite a bit uh, over the next few months on Wednesdays. And what we'd like to do is get uh, some of the kids in here along the way and have some of the pack battles that we had last week. Last week it was Mark Tavoli and me, and, and the pack battle was kind of fun. It was just, I didn't even know this existed. But we just opened a, a couple of uh, packs of cards and... You make a decision of, well, the highest number wins, jersey number, or uh, in our case, we did also the longest last name. And it's like playing war. And you get both sets of cards, basically, if you win. 
So that was kind of fun uh, last week. And, and we, if you want to come on down, we'll do that. Uh, from time to time here on Wednesdays, and we are going to try to do that today as well. So maybe we'll get some folks in here and have some fun with that. I was going to have Austin do it, but now I'm not sure if he's even going to show up here. So we'll see how that uh, shakes out. Brian Middleton in for Casey Kurtz. Thanks for uh, jumping in here for the next uh, week or so, Brian. Hope uh, hope you're doing well, and we appreciate you uh, pushing all the buttons for the uh, soon-to-be-married Casey Kurtz. That's what I'm saying, man. When my, my OT uh, brethren... When he's uh, experiencing such a life-changing event, I said, man, I got you. You go, you be with your fiancé, your soon-to-be wife, man, I got you. And so, Brian, by the way, in case you do Action Sports Shacks OT, I'm assuming you guys aren't doing that tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Since Casey's off. Not tomorrow. And I don't know anything around here. I just kind of follow along and do what Casey says now. And so (laughs) I figured he was out. Uh, but so if you listen to Action Sports Jacks OT, these guys started this a uh, few months back, and it's run on right after our show from six to seven, uh, essentially Mondays and Thursdays for the most part. Um, and if you don't know Brian Middleton, we've known Brian for quite a while, working around the TV station. You have like fifteen different jobs, don't you? It feels like it since I've been uh, a part of the uh, the TV station and the radio side. So uh, it's something like that. But yeah. Definitely uh, on the TV side, I do a couple of different things. And then on the radio side, that's where I initially started. Um, and, and I had my hands in a bunch of different stations and doing a, having a bunch of different responsibilities. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you've, tried, you've done a little bit of everything. And, and, by the way, very good on air as well because he's done some mock TV sportscasts. And uh, him and Casey do a great job on Action Sports Jacks OT. Tell me this now. You do master control, which for people who don't know, like, you know, like commercials and programming and everything that runs when people are watching. Uh-huh. TV, we there's someone who operates that. Now, a lot of it's very automated, right, with yes. the computer systems. Yes. But there's still somebody who has to at least babysit it and sometimes put out fires because that happens. Sometimes you have no control. Everybody always thinks that's like our fault locally, but sometimes it might be a, a national thing that goes wrong, and sometimes it is our fault locally. So uh, uh, the biggest complaint you get in master control has got to be like uh, during a sporting event and there's weather and you get the crawl. Mm, yeah, like that. Now you don't have to deal with that too much because you work the overnight shift. Yeah, but so you know, with the morning news, if something's happening, like maybe a you know, uh, I don't know, a crime or some severe weather early in the morning, it could get a bit hectic on the crawl side too. So I got you. Yeah, so you gotta be a little careful. People get mad at the crawl, especially if it's in the middle of their sporting event, like golf. Really? Uh, oh yeah, really bad. Um, now the newsroom probably get the call. You're probably immune to the call, but. Uh, it it it's all goes together. But really what I was getting at with you is how hard is it to not fall asleep on the overnight shift? Or are you constantly just watching every program that's on CBS 47 and Fox 30? There we go. I'm a company man. Uh, listen, your body has to adjust whenever you work that overnight shift. Some people call it a graveyard shift. That was like, yes. that's a bit dark. Um, yeah, but I, that's dark. I guess I see why. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of coffee involved, a lot of caffeine. Uh, and then your body does adjust somewhat so i'm kind of used to used to it at this point but it is pretty tough especially if you have a full day if you're doing stuff right before work like regular life things then uh yeah you're going to be struggling to right right around 2 or 3 a.m because my job especially with the overnight it's pretty much done an hour hour and a half once i get in i have everything set up until news starts around 4 30 the next morning so it kind of drags. So I have a lot of the Netflix, like I said, a lot of coffee, maybe uh, thinking up some uh, segment ideas for OT. So There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, but so you got to stay awake, though. I mean, that's hard. Listen, don't worry about saying anything bad. The bosses don't listen to the show. We've established <laughs> okay. that. We've spent okay. three years. We've said enough about the bosses that nobody's even sent us a text or an email. So, like, I'm pretty convinced they just don't listen to the show. All right, good Which to know. is okay. So, uh, now, uh, you're a younger guy. I might be a little bit more careful of, uh, than maybe me. But um, but anyway, that's good. that you don't, I mean, that's gonna be a, that can be a tough job. It's an important job, by the way. And especially on the overnight shift, that is the morning shift and the overnight shift you never get used to. Mm. Uh, people, your body never gets used to it. You can try, and, and there are some perks to it as well, but you never get used to it. So uh, good to have Brian Middleton along with us. Hey, here's what I want to do early in the show. I know you pulled a sound bite, I think, from Doug Peterson yesterday. I didn't get to this yesterday at the NFL Combine. Of course, yesterday was a lot. Trent Bulky, Doug Peterson, uh, the EVP, right, Executive Vice President role that is going to not happen, at least for now, for the Jaguars. It's been de- debated, discussed, all the rest. Uh, but I thought Peterson, you know, he, he did something off to the side with us and the local media and then also uh, went on the podium. And there were a lot of Philadelphia writers there, and he had some fun quips with the Philly media. Uh, but he was asked about the Jacksonville Jaguars job by some. Again, this is, these are people all over the country. And Peterson's a big name, having a Lombardi trophy next to his name. And, uh, Brian, if you have the sound about when asked uh, if it's the Jaguars have, like, a negative connotation and is that a hard thing to flip? Is that real? Is it something that, that exists that you have to talk about um, to players, to coaches, to everybody else? And I thought it was a very genuine response from Doug Peterson. And there's, 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 a, there's a cloud, and you've got to try to lift that cloud. And, and, and Jacksonville right now, until we, un, until we prove otherwise, right, that's, that's who we are. You know, that's, that's why I'm excited to really begin to work with this group and, and, and bring in another set of free agents another another round of draft picks and then having the resources that we have so that's uh doug he basically i mean he said listen it's a real thing uh, even before and after that a little bit more so i like that i like the fact that doug peterson has come in here and he said listen we're going forward we're not going to sit here and look at the at the rearview mirror and say hey why did this go wrong and this went wrong and i think it's a good move by doug because there's so much that seriously has gone wrong you could spend all your time prepping for the season backwards rather than forwards so i get what he's talking about and i'm sure things will arise and be like this is the way it used to be done or this was one of the problems and those things happen naturally anyway even if you are trying to look ahead but i also like the fact that doug is not afraid to say hey Listen, this this has been an issue. When you win four games over the last couple of years, and even if you look the longer term, uh, if you want to go back just a longer, like, four years, even when uh, it was almost the Eagles and Doug Peterson against the Jags and Doug Marone, ever since then, some of the things that have transpired from a keeping player, um, a, a lack of doing that, like Ramsey and, and Gakwe and other things, and then, of course, all the losses. So uh, it, he acknowledges that that's a real thing, and I, I like that. I think that's good. Uh, now, there's a lot of talk going around yesterday that part of the reason that Shad Khan has paused the idea of an executive vice president is Doug Peterson has enough uh, of a reputation around the league that even agents have said, hey, it's not going to be a problem getting you, getting guys to Jacksonville. Like, don't worry about Trent Bulky or whatever, all this stuff that a lot of people had assumed or thought might be the case or Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville might be the case of why somebody might not come here. Um, and at least that was the story going around that Doug Peterson smooths that over just because of who he is, the Lombardi Trophy, the good guy that he is, and players will want to play in his offense and for him. So uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. 
during free agency. But it's an interesting kind of turnabout from what over the last couple of months people thought could be a problem in signing some people with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Or if you go back a few years under Tom Coughlin with the NFLPA problems and the grievances when the NFLPA issued a statement about Jacksonville. I will say this. Shot Khan told us this uh, months ago, and I tend to agree with him on this. And I know right now a lot of people don't agree with Shot on a lot of fronts, but I agree with him. It's about the money. In free agency, it's always about the money, or 99% of the time about the money. And so Jacksonville has an advantage over a lot of teams, despite their record, despite some of the perception, despite some of the issues. They have an advantage. Why? Because their bank account is bigger than others in the NFL. And so you can throw more money at people, and uh, hopefully that's uh, the way it goes for the Jacksonville Jaguars because that's another part of this that we're going to get into today is I want to go a little deeper on, and this is what everybody loves, right? Spending Shotgun's money. Trent Baalke said they're going to be very aggressive. I even asked him later in that interview, which I don't think we played, do you have to worry about that three out of four years spending thing? He's like, we're not going to have to worry about that. So he is going to spend, they are going to spend. He joked about spending Shotgun's money. So I think people feel good about that, that the Jags are going to go try to hit a home run and make a splash in free agency and add to this football team that needs a a lot of players and impact players. Uh, But you still have to be careful when you do that. So who will they go get? Who should they go get? How much money should they spend? Uh, We're going to talk about that just a little bit. Maybe I'll hold off and see if Austin uh, makes it either back to the studio or here before uh, talking on on that front. So uh, the big story this week for the Jags continues to be Doug Peterson. This is his team, and this is him changing the culture. One other thought about yesterday that I continue to hear, and I've said this over the last couple of months when we were looking for a new coach here in Jacksonville, and I thought all the negativity was going about, and maybe the narrative was being set forth by other people instead of the organization because they were so quiet coaching front and i said this in this respect who's defending the organization well i feel like right now the jaguars have some defenders to the organization and it's actually bulky and more importantly probably doug peterson if you listen to what they're saying at the podium or with us yesterday in the in the small uh, local media scrum after Listen to what they're saying and how many times they say, we have to do what's right for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have to do what's right for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I have really wondered that out loud and privately about uh, a lot of different facets of this organization, and mainly because it's the NFL in general. Uh, There's a baseline of toxicity that exists in the NFL. That is fact. Whether people want to admit it or not, that's fact. And how they uh, get... If that level of toxicity goes up, usually it's because you're losing or you have problems. If it goes down, it's usually because you're winning and doing pretty well. Uh, But my curiosity around here in Jacksonville has been who's defending the organization and I or who's doing right by the organization because it's a selfish league. It's everybody's looking out for themselves and everybody needs to save their job when the you know what hits the fan. And so I really feel like over the last few years, we've had a revolving door of people that might say that they're doing what's best for the Jags, but are they always doing what's right for the Jags, or are they at the, on the side looking out for themselves? And I think that's natural. They have good jobs. They're trying to save their jobs. It's important for their family, all these things. But there's so much of that in the NFL because having an NFL job is a pretty good gig 
from a player standpoint or a coaching standpoint, that I think you get a lot of that. Well, I think that's what I like about Doug Peterson coming in here. He might have something to prove, but he's already been to the mountaintop. He said it yesterday. He's got a second lease on life. Uh, I think he can make the case that Trent Baalke, if stuff hits the fan, is going to try to protect Trent Baalke. I think that's been a little bit of his M.O., and that's been the reports, and, and that's been the disdain, really, around Baalke as such um, over these last couple of months and even the last couple of years of his career in the NFL. But I don't see that with Peterson. Uh, everybody says he's a genuine good guy. I think he means well when he says he wants what's right for the organization. I think he knows what can be right. Now can he act on that? It's one thing to say you've got to act on it. But I like that temperament coming from uh, Doug Peterson. And Balky was, was saying that too. Shot Khan needs people who are doing right by the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's best for the Jacksonville Jaguars organization should be the first question in every move. Not what's right for me. How do I look good? What's going to make me look better? Those are things that I think maybe they don't get asked out loud, but I think that's the way the league works sometimes. That's the way it can work, especially when you don't do well in Jacksonville. So I think um, it's important that Doug Peterson not only says that stuff, but he also acts on it and does the right thing. Hey, guess who's joining us? What up, man? How How you doing? doing? I'm good. You got here quick after that. Yeah, I was a good, like, 15 minutes away. That was fast. Yeah. I thought I'd have to get through a couple segments without you. No, thankfully the, the wrong directions weren't that wrong, I guess, in the, in the, in the end of the day. Did you see? Uh, did you hear me? I explained what happened. Like, that was no, crazy. No, I, I didn't hear you. The, uh, it, it's bizarre that the Google Maps. Well, did you try did, to use the link? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You were right. Did it take you to the docks? Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know what happened. What's going on at the docks here in Jackson? You, you tell me, man. I mean, but, I mean, that's, you know, that that was, I mean, okay, Brian. So, for instance, because, I mean, uh, it definitely part of my fault. I should have just Googled it myself. I was a little busy, though. But if, like, someone sends you the link, you got to trust that link, right? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I, and I, and I put my trust in the wrong thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now I'm late. And trust me, I'm very punctual. So, sometimes when I'm late, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Well, it's not how I was raised. I'm not taking blame for this. You don't have to take blame, but I'm just saying where I'm coming from. If you give me a link and I use it, I expect that link to work. I, I, listen, I am not, by the way. I didn't even say anything bad about you. Oh, no, I, I heard the show. I was driving here listening to the show. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say anything bad about yeah, you. Yeah, you're all right. I said bad about Google Maps. Yeah, for sure. We called Google Maps. Hey, out. Google Maps, step your game up a little bit. And I've already called Starbucks out today and Google Maps. Man, it's one of those days. I actually didn't call Starbucks out. I called the people that make Starbucks. I still like Starbucks. What happened with Starbucks? Did they mess up your order? No, no, they did great. So what but I, was just, I was in the airport. That's yeah. why the other people, I didn't explain that. And so I've got like, well, why don't you just go to Wawa or Dunkin' sure. or this? I was like, well, I was in the airport. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I like Starbucks. I really do. Yep. But it's like nauseating to listen to somebody make an order at Starbucks. Like, nobody coffee just gets though, coffee. Huh? Well, it's it's like, I'll have a splash shop. of this and this yeah. and this. And can you hold the... I can't sub- even talk like That's that. That's like going to Subway and complaining well, you guys are taking too long with all your, your, your ingredients. Well, of course you're taking too long. It's a coffee shop. It's a sub shop. Nobody gets coffee at Starbucks. Yeah, because there's so many options, man. Hey, that's on you. 
<laughs> don't blame, don't don't blame Starbucks. I'm not blaming for, Starbucks. I'm blaming the people. I'm like the. Don't blame the people. Either. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't. Hey, you shouldn't need that much in your drink. All right, you shouldn't. I mean, you shouldn't need. Just hey, be simple, people. Twitch, no, I'm addressing. How me, complicated I'm a simple, is that person? I'm life. a simple type just of dude, man. Call me Leonard Skinner. You know what I'm saying? I'm a simple type of dude. But at the same time, I mean, if you got an extensive order at Starbucks, I'm not going to knock you for that. They got like so many combinations. I just want. Hey, word out in the Devoli's house of cards. Yeah, we're yelling and screaming. But wait till you hear out of this room right here. Okay. That's where all the fun comes from. Okay. All right. Is that where all, like, all the... That's that's where the, um, they, they're breaking the cards, and that's where we get a, a bang or... Okay. So you'll hear it. Is there a sports book in there, too? <laughs> yeah. Not, Not yet. yet. Not I yet. know. Hey, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming soon. Yeah. Hey, now, that's a good it's combination. Gotta pass, right they got to pass that vote. Yeah. <laughs> Blow this wall off and get a sports Talk book. Talk to your local congressman, there. everybody. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Serious conversation about free agency. How much are the Jaguars really going to spend? Like, what does very aggressive mean? What can they do? We talk about it on ESPN 690. We're live at Tavoli's House of Cards. Come on down. Have some fun. We're here until 6 o'clock. When I looked around at, at the opportunities that, that may come up in the NFL, Jacksonville, for, for me, was, was an opportunity that, that I really embraced. And I was hoping that we would get to this, this where I'm at today. Um, just because of the team, the youth of the team, having a young quarterback, a quarterback that I liked. And, and so for me, that was the target. You know, it went, I think, 30-something-plus days before I interviewed again. But still, there was always that anticipation and that hope that, you know, it was going to come true. And uh, I'm just excited that, uh, and, and really thankful to, you know, Mr. Khan for the opportunity and, and get a chance to work with Trent and the team. That is Doug Peterson on Tuesday at the NFL Combine. Jaguars now going to work with a lot of interviews. By the way, they'd already been doing a little bit of that. Uh, 45 formal interviews. And then there's a bunch of informal interviews. And uh, Doug kind of explained the process to us a little bit yesterday where some of the assistant coaches will go to certain positions and and, – and basically, that's like a wait in the line. That's like me trying to get an interview, you know, with somebody. Yeah. And you might have to wait in line. And that's what the assistant coaches do, too, and, and just grab them for a few minutes. And and uh, all of this stuff will go kind of come back, and do, they'll have reports on it. And then they start building their board, and and uh, that's the way this process works uh, for Doug Peterson and just about every other NFL team. I'm assuming most teams <laughs> do it all the same. There's probably not a lot of differentiation. Um uh, amongst the league when it comes to that. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, we're down at Tivoli's House of Cards. You just got a little tour of the place. Oh, you? yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. We'll have some fun. We'll always have some fun down here. It's a great spot, by the way, for the show yeah. each and every day, but uh, especially on Wednesdays. And uh, we'll talk. Mike Trout uh, was a big poll earlier today, is what I heard. Luca. Okay. They had a uh, Luca, Luca Donald. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to wonder if, can we get a Ja Morant? Man, Ja okay. Morant crazy. I'll tell you what, if that's the case, I'm leaving the story now and just walking in the pocket and I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> if, if, if I had a Ja Morant. I'm just letting you guys know right now in advance. I'm from Murray State, so it is what it is. Yeah. Ja is probably pretty hot right now. Yeah. What I wondered, I, I asked guys back there, I said, is MLB taking a hit because of the lockout? Mm-hmm. And you got to remember now, baseball cards, it's not like when. A lot of every, everybody grew up where baseball cards were king. That's not the case anymore anyway. You can get John Morant. You can get the NFL cards. It, it, there's a lot of different valuable cards, not just baseball. Um, he said not really taking a hit. I think just because it's a temporary thing, mm-hmm. most people believe at least, uh, in in Major League Baseball. Uh, speaking of money, the really the, one of the headline things that came out of yesterday was Trent Baalke. And, again, I thought Trent Baalke was pretty transparent with – the media about some of the things that they might do or he didn't seem like he was being coy very much and one of them was really being very transparent saying we're going to be aggressive 
where to spend money. Now, he couched it a little bit. But hey, we're also going to be smart, but because they believe what you and so many other players believe. It'd be careful bringing guys in for big bucks if they don't perform. Because what does it say to your locker room? That's a dangerous thing for a culture of a football team and a football building and a football franchise. And I think we've seen a little bit of that here, quite frankly. And other people have, too. But they're going to spend. When they say they're going to spend, what does that mean to you? They're going to spend all of it? They're just going to go after and be, get that one of the top flight guys? Because last year, they talked value, value, value. And... Well, they got value. I mean, listen, Agnew and Ford were great value picks. But the other guys were just guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Roy Robertson-Harris flashed a little bit. Um, Rayshon Jenkins was a little bit disappointing. I think Shaq Griffin was good. But it wasn't like this 65 $70 million, $80 million, $90 million contract that we've seen in the past, like a guy like Calais Campbell. Are we going to see that this time around? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see bigger names this time around because – that's well i mean it takes more than a couple big free agents but that's where you can start from you know it's going to start from the draft right it's, it's going to start from the foundation but i think when you have the most salary cap or at least the second most salary cap in the entire nfl um you have to use that you know uh scared money don't make money so i think when it comes down to it now i don't see them getting like 12 different guys here and trying to replace an entire roster but what i do seeing is getting vital pieces to hopefully help trevor lawrence out or vital pieces on defense um, to play complimentary football and once again help trevor lawrence out so when you say you're gonna spend a lot of money in free agency it's not so much the quantity i feel like it's gonna be the quality of player that the jaguars are looking for yeah and i well that tells me a lot though if if it's not because last year was it was quantity correct they, they signed a lot of free agents they tried to redo this roster mm-hmm. from a value standpoint i think they tried to get a little older too uh have some veteran experience on this football team because they knew there were a lot of young places and again i think young is like the worst excuse anymore because everybody's young uh, but there are, is an element where you still want to have a good locker room. And I think they did a good job of that. Like, glossed over is the fact that the Jaguars were bad. They had a miserable year, a year of dysfunction. And the locker room never blew up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, guys like Shaq Griffin, uh, whoever else, Trevor, whoever else you want to give credit to, I think a lot of guys kept that thing together. And a little bit of it felt like it's us against them, <laughs> you know, no, the coaching sure. staff. Yeah, and maybe yeah. that's why it worked. But you do, there is that element of it. Um, that that you've you've got to be aware of, and I think that's where the veterans come in. So I, I think I agree with what you're saying. You go from, which I don't even remember how many was accomplished, just say it's 10 free agents or something mm-hmm. last year, and now you might really get two big free agents and drop all the way down to the B-minus-C-plus guys, right? Yeah. But you're really trying to get blue chippers because the Jacksonville Jaguars don't have enough blue chip guys. That's the problem. That's one of the big problems. They don't have enough of their own guys getting second contracts. That was acknowledged yesterday by both Balky and Peterson. But they really just don't have enough bona fide pro bowl, all pro kind of players. And you need a certain amount of those to win in the NFL. You look at every team that's good, they probably have three or four of those on each side of the ball. The number to me is somewhere between six and eight guys that can threaten the Pro Bowl or threaten an all-pro season or be amongst the best at their position. When the Jags in 2017 did their thing, they had that. A lot of it was on the defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. But the Jags need more of that. Even Josh Allen, who you can make the case, or Miles Jack, the best players on defense, haven't really proven to be that kind of guy yet. Now, we think they have that capability in a good situation. but They haven't proven to be that kind of guy yet for them for this football team. And, of course, if you can get some of those guys and Trevor yeah. to be that guy, well, yeah. now you're on to something. 
Well, and, and it remains to be seen with guys like Josh Allen and Miles Jack. We have seen the glimpses, but we haven't seen the consistency year in and year out. Um, and the thought is when you add better players around them, that kind of takes the burden off them a little bit, allows them to play a little more, and then now all of a sudden you have something special, right? I mean, I call it the Aaron Donald effect. It doesn't matter what defensive end you put next to Aaron Donald, he should have success. Whether it's Dante Fowler, uh, Clay Matthews, who I think at the time might have been 45 years old, still having, you know, <laughs> double-digit sacks, it's the Aaron Donald effect, you know? And, and you don't really have that effect right now in Jacksonville. You had that with Clay S. Campbell, Josh Allen's best year. Arguably, maybe Miles Jack's best year as well. That's not a coincidence. So, yes, the, 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 the more great players you, you can surround your great players with, um, it's going to have a huge benefit to that. Yeah, I think so, too. Is it worth the Jacksonville Jaguars trying to – is Chandler Jones too old? No. Or is that an okay play? I mean, I'm okay with that play. You know, um, going off resume, yeah, he checks out. Obviously, it's, it's more of the injury history, the age, but this is where free agency comes in. Sometimes you got to take that gamble. And I think he's a guy that's worth taking a gamble on. You know, um, in terms of, of edge, the Jaguars need that, right? You're talking about a team last year that finished with one of the worst, you know, quarterback sack rates in the entire NFL. You immediately boost your chances of being more successful with a guy like Chandler Jones pending he's healthy. But once again, you want to talk about a guy who can take some pressure, take the burden off Josh Allen? Chandler Jones is that guy, and he's played multiple defenses. Um, and I still think he has a, a lot left in the tank. I just clicked on a list, okay, of top Really, it's a top 100 list. Okay. I'm going to go with the top 10 Okay. for this. And, and this could Can I try over. to guess it? I got a couple of them? Sure. Uh, free agents this year? Free, free agents, top 10. And right. what I want to do here, just to give it some context, yes. is I want to ask you, do you think one of those guys, that's like a blue chip guy, most likely, mm-hmm. or at least that has played like a blue chip guy, that's going to be an 80 to 90 to $100 million guy, potentially, in, the, mm-hmm. in an open market, uh, depending on position, of course. Do you think the Jags land one of those kind of guys? And maybe it's a guy in the top 12 on this list. Who knows? But, yeah, yeah so go ahead. Nate, so a this is any position? All positions. Top 100 free agents. I've got uh, right, so top 10 of them. So Chandler Jones. Yep. Von Miller. Yep. Chris Godwin. Yes. Taron Armstead. Yes. Um, Mike Williams. Yes. Okay. Don't forget the most important one. The most important one? Oh, you talk about full quarterback? What? What? No. The most important one. You just named the wide receiver. Yeah, I said Chris Godwin and Mike Williams. Yeah. The most important? Oh, Devontae Adams. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I got you. Devontae Adams. <laughs> yeah, good call. Um, see, but he's not on my radar. Like, I know. He's not coming to Jackson. I don't know. As of now, he's a free Yeah. Ah, uh, man. How many more I got? Uh, you did well, by the way. That's one, two, three, four, five. Uh, dude from um, Patriots. I can't think of his yes, name. Yes, J.C. Jackson. Thank you very much, very Jackson. That's six. Um, it's almost like I saw this list before I came here. No, I didn't. Well, I think I'm most kidding. lists are yeah. in, it depends. in the same realm. Um, Zach, I don't think Zach Ertz is top ten. Um, no. that's, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, off the top of my head. I'll give you Allen Robinson's on the list. Oh, okay. Teron Armstead's on the list. Yeah. And Orlando Brown and Marcus Williams from the Saints. Ah, okay. So those are, that's in this list, okay? I mean, yeah. you could go down some more. There's guys like Jesse Bates, Clowney. See, like, how good is this class if, if Clowney is the 12th guy on the list? Yeah. Like, are we overvaluing the class? Because Clowney doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Does he do anything for you? <sighs> if the Jacks were to splash and get Clowney, I mean, it's a guy that could even get, like, a $3 million deal. To no, I mean, I think you're going to get Clowney at a discount just because that's where he's at in his career right now. But in terms of... 
the on-the-field presence, I think you can do better. Okay, so let me go down the list a little bit more. At least that, again, I have one list. These could shuffle around. So it's Clowney, Randy Gregory, Carlton Davis, Odell Beckham Jr., Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Scherf, Tyron Matthew, Jameis Winston, not to not play, obviously, Hassan Reddick, mm-hmm. uh, Manuel Agba, uh, Dalton Schultz, mm-hmm. Mike Gusecki, Harold Landry, Ryan Jensen. That's like the top 25, okay? Um, I gave you those top 25, which all could be pretty big deals. How many of those are like the Jags getting? Like, how many, is that a? Are they going to get the two of those guys? You could eliminate quarterback, which I guess would be a Winston in this list. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would almost eliminate. Would you eliminate safety? Do you think the Jags are, are okay at safety? They're not going to spend, right? They got Rayshon Jenkins. They drafted Andre Cisco. I think right now they got Andrew Wigger. Be careful now. Um, <laughs> I think there's other pressing needs besides safety. Yes. I still wonder, I like a guy like Tyron be. Matthew, does he make any sense here as a playmaker and a guy that has a nose for the ball when you have not been able to get turnovers at all? You talking about his versatility? Yeah. See, this is the Trent Buck got you, didn't he? No. Because this, this, this has got Trent Buck written all over it. Well, he's, I, he's versatile. I'm looking for playmakers. But where are you going to put him? I don't know. Okay. I was going to need that answer. Ask it. Um, offensive tackle, I mean, like, I think you can throw the bank at Taron Armstead. I, I don't know if you're going to get him, though, um, just because, you know, like, and I heard you on the way here, money says everything, and yeah, to a point, but also it's, I think, the team that you go to. Um, I think there's a reason last year why you had two of the best tight ends in the league go to the same team in Hunter Henry and John New Smith in terms of free agency. Those are the top two guys, and they chose to go to the same team to take away each other's reps. Yeah, they did. You know why? Because it's the New England Patriots. Yeah, yeah. So I think sometimes teams do have that culture built in where it's like, you know what, I'm willing to take a pay cut if I can go to a team um, with a good culture and try to win a Super Bowl. I'm going to give you a scenario when we come back. We're live at the Voice House of Cards talking a little free agency for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're on the cusp of it, folks. Time to spend Sean Conn's money. We'll do it on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Oh, my God. Can you imagine him in Baltimore? In that offense? and how they use a plethora of running backs to do different things. I, I like the thought of that. Listen, we talking about Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants like they hamstrung. Saquon Barkley should want to get the hell out of New York. I think it's fresh start time. I think he needs an opportunity to go somewhere else and just wipe the slate clean. He's dealt with injuries. He's dealt with being on a bad team as well. And from that rookie season, we all saw what we thought we would see consistently when he came out of Penn State. We're talking about Saquon Barkley could be on the block. Well, I don't know about on the block, but at least available for an offer. Would you be interested in Saquon Barkley? Here's the thing about Doug Peterson. He loves his running backs, and he loves versatile running backs. When Saquon Barkley is healthy, you're talking about a top two, top three versatile running back in the National Football League. Now, healthy is the big caveat. And what would it cost to get Saquon Barkley is also the caveat. I think if the price was right, I mean, it would have to be very right. I could think of crazier scenarios, but I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, they're going to want a, a second-round pick at least or a first-round pick, and there's no way you're going to sacrifice that much capital for Saquon Barkley. Yeah, it's Barkley. just too risky. So if, I mean, if we're talking about late-round pick, then maybe the cash, obviously, but you can't give away your, your draft capital up front. Uh, when it's top-loaded. It's really too risky for the Jacksonville Jaguars to do, and really most any team to do, 
based on what they're probably going to want for him. He's a super marketable player. His upside's unbelievable if he does stay healthy. I mean, it'd be like trading for Zion Williamson right now. That's, who, that's how Barkley feels like to me. He's got, like, this tremendous upside, but it's disappointed because of injuries or other reasons. And mm-hmm. so um, he feels like he could be that kind of star mm-hmm. in the NFL. He's, he's an unbelievable, freaky athlete. But if you can't count on him, and by the way, the Jags would really not be in a desperation mode for that position, given the fact they do have James Robinson and ETN. And Doug Peterson did say yesterday, yeah, he's a little bit concerned. There might be concern about the injuries that those guys had, but at least he knows they're going to be available. They're going to be here. Well, so that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be here, but there has to be concern. Because oh, yeah. right, right now you're starting backfield. Um, are coming off of two major injuries. You know, James Robinson, we've had on the show saying that he's well ahead of schedule, and, and I believe him when it comes to that Achilles. And I think from the Liz Frank perspective of Travis Etienne, you know, I've had that injury, and, yeah, I would say by the time training camp comes around, he should be full speed dead ahead. But you don't know that. That's not a guarantee. So, um, once again, I mean, if it was at the right price and it was like a fire sale, then by all means, pull that trigger on Saquon Barkley. But you know New York's going to want a lot for him, and I just don't think the value is going to be there for that. And by the way, I would say one other thing for the Jags' perspective is you already have an injured backfield. <laughs> yeah, bring one yeah, more yeah, guy yeah, in yeah. that might be injured. Well, I think the fact <laughs> is that if you bring in three guys, well, if you have three guys who are somewhat injured, one of those guys, <laughs> yeah, I think, would, you know, I mean, you can only roll the dice so much. Yeah, uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Brian Middleton in for Casey Kurtz, who's off to his wedding uh, this week. We are down at uh, Davoli's House of Cards right here on 210. And uh, come on out, say hello. till 6 o'clock, we will be here. All right, I wanted to give you a scenario of free agency. Mm-hmm. We, we threw a bunch of names out there and say, okay, are the Jags going to get one or two of those top 20, 25 guys? Are they going to spend like that? We feel like there's a chance they do try to make a splash and spend like that. you got to get the right guy now. Guy's going to perform. You can't miss what it could do to the locker room, all those things that, that we've talked about for days, weeks, and even years uh, here on the show. But Teron Armstead is a bona fide tackle. He's a proven guy. He's going to be expensive. Chandler Jones has one of the best resumes and maybe the most underrated player in the National Football League, quite frankly. And Brenson Buckner is the defensive line coach. So you can make a case of why the Jags could maybe go spend on both positions. Would you rather Armstead or Cam Robinson if you were going to extend Cam? Well, probably go get Armstead instead, even at 31 years old, even though Cam's a bit younger. Chandler Jones is 32 years old, but that's not ancient for a pass rusher. And he could still get it done for another three, four years uh, here in Jacksonville if they were to sign him. It's going to cost you big bucks. Mm -hmm. Which one would you do if I gave you those two options? Those two guys are on the table. You're picking a one. What are you doing for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Between Armstead and who else? Armstead and uh, Chandler Jones. I'm taking Chandler Jones because I believe that Armstead, while he's a heck of a player, probably, you know, the second best player in this free agent class next to Devontae Adams, um... I just feel like Chandler Jones is going to be, in terms of playmaking ability, in terms of, you know, probably the most important position. I mean, you can go back and forth. I'm a defensive-minded guy, so you know how I feel about it. But I think of in terms of having influence on the game, um, I think Chandler Jones could be a game-changer. I think if you look at this NFL draft, you have a guy like Evan Neal. Um, you're comfortable with him, you know, being over Armstead. I'm not sure how comfortable I am saying, all right, if you got Thibodeau, if you got Hutchinson, 
How confident are you in those guys over Chandler Jones their first year? I'm probably not that confident. I would probably take Chandler Jones. So I'm, I'm leaning Chandler Jones. Well, and I think you just answered the question the, the way I would answer the question, and that is I think the risky guys are in this draft the pass rushers at the top. If you have four players that you're picking from, Iquanu, Neal, both at the offensive tackle spot, and then you have Hutchinson and Thibodeau. Let's just say those guys. Uh, big guys, positions in need, um, a very conservative approach with those kind of positions if you have the number one overall pick. But I do think Hutchinson comes with a ceiling that's probably lower than most as a number one overall pick if you were to pick him. I think he could be consistently good, but I'm not sure he's consistently great. And I think Thibodeau comes with concern, hit or miss. I'm not sure Neil or Iquanu do. I think those guys look like hit guys. A lot of people think those guys are going to be really good players. So it protects you at number one if you go get the guy you know what he's capable of doing in Chandler Jones rather than Armstead. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think it's kind of more – It would. I think the draft at the top is dictating to me, go get the pass rusher in free agency mm-hmm. if you can land somebody like that. Now, if you're talking about Clowney or something – I'm not sure I buy that. Like again, if that's where we're going to, if we're going from Chandler Jones to Clowney or Chandler Jones Von Miller, and then it's down to Clowney, I, I, that loses a lot of luster for me in terms of the dollars being spent on that position. Who'd you rather have right now, Chandler Jones or Von Miller? I believe I would rather have Chandler Jones. Okay. For some reason, and it's an age difference of a year. Mm-hmm. I feel like Chandler Jones is consistent and maybe has a, has still that step in him. Okay. I feel like at times over the last two years, I've seen a lack of step in Von Miller. I feel like he's declining a little bit, but then he really popped, and his numbers still say yeah. pretty good, yeah. but he really popped when the time... Maybe he was just doing that. Maybe it's just like, hey, I'll play what I need to play. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys could do that. That's how talented they are. But I have a little bit of... In my mind, I feel like Von Miller's declining a little bit. I don't feel like that about Chandler Jones, which begs the question, Austin, two things. Who, who's better to take a chance on in an, like in your early 30s, a tackle or a pass rusher? Oh, I think if you know that tackle is legit, I think the safer play would be the tackle then. Even at yeah, 31 rather than yeah, a 32-year-old yeah. pass I mean, rusher. But if you look at, like, uh, we talked about this before. You look at Von Miller this past season. No, I know he nine still, and a half sacks. He still had nine and a half sacks, yeah. and then he had nine and a half sacks. Um, it would have been, I'm sorry, he had eight sacks in the previous year, and 14 and a half the previous year. Yeah. So, but are you buying the name a little bit in Von Miller? I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I'm also buying the name in Chandler Jones. Yeah, I you know, feel like Miller, up, uh, yeah. Miller's price tag goes up more because of his. Oh, he's been more of a star in the league. It feels like it's, it's again. A, yeah. I think Chandler's very underrated. No, for sure. I, I just think that though, in terms of the, the safe pick, then it would be offensive tackle. Because um, once that first step goes, once your speed goes, depending on what kind of rusher you are. And if we're talking about Von Miller, he is a speed rusher. He's speed to counter. Um, that's been his bread and butter. Then yeah, once you lose that step, it's going to affect you on, on how you rush the passer. You know, that's why I always say like Justin Houston. There could always be a market for Justin Houston because I share locker with, locker room with him in Kansas City. And in terms of the bull rush, nobody does it better. That's the thing with, with bull rushing, though. That's always going to be there. If you yeah. still have your Because the, the strength is the last thing to go, right? Yep. First it's the speed, and then it's the strength. Well, if you can hold on to your strength, you got a shot. And, like, Houston obviously rushes a lot different than Von Miller does. So if you're going after a speed guy... Um, on the edge, then yes, I think you do have to be concerned with age, with durability, uh, and how much you can bring to the table for the next couple of years. Yeah, and I do wonder, are the Jags ready to go get a 32-year-old free agent? Are they ready to win like that? 
That usually means like you're missing one piece. Mm. That's where the Jags have to be a little careful, too. Are they building for two, three years down the road? And by the time they're ready to win big, is that guy now 35? Have to be careful of that. We'll be back. We're live at the Bowie's House of Cards down here in St. John's County. Come on by, say hello, beer until 6 o'clock. We'll be right back on ESPN 690.